Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Ace Space and another unscripted special. Today we are going to be discussing volleyball royalty. Giovanni Giudetti and Baha Tokshoi. We got a two for one deal on pizza night, no less. And who loves talking about pizza? Key Michael, how are you? <laughs> We're going to make pizza a running theme on this podcast. I'm fantastic. I'm speaking of pizza. I'm now hungry. Thank you. It's long past my dinner time, but uh, I don't have any pizza on the horizon, unfortunately. And Matt Rogers, a.k.a. the Domino's delinquent. How are you getting on, mate? <laughs> really good. Yeah, really good. Excited for this one. Giovanni is, is someone I've looked up to for a long time. And to be honest, I, I tweeted him uh, a private direct message on Twitter and just said, hey, we're starting this thing. I think you'd be good at it. We want to get more than just players. We want coaches and others. And now we've moved on to referees, obviously. And he just said, yep, send me the link. That, it was that simple. No problem. Open the doors to my home. You can meet my wife, my child, my dog. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> Isn't that the beauty? That's the beauty of 2020. Isn't that just amazing that in this day and age, you can just reach out to anyone and say, hey, we're doing a thing. Do you want to be involved? So cool. Yeah. Yeah, so pleased because he's a big name in volleyball and obviously married a, a star player as well. So mm. it's kind of like the, the Spice Girls and David Beckham, I guess, for, <laughs> for the volleyball perspective. <laughs> I'm actually, I'm going to stop you two there because I've got the feeling that this is a conversation that's going to run and run after the unscripted because there's so much to talk about with these two brilliant people. If you are new to the Unscripted specials, Unscripted is a series that's been running since the start of lockdown, but we're onto something great, so it's going to continue for as long as the CEV let me do it. And uh, a star of the sport opens their home and their life to us so we can, uh, so we can get a little bit of a look behind the scenes. We will now listen to the complete unscripted with Giovanni Gadetti, Baha Tokshoi, and the rest of the family. But stick with us when it finishes because myself, Key, and Matt will pick through the bones. It was so lovely to talk to two brilliant people, and I hope you guys enjoy. This is Unscripted with Giovanni Baha. Giovanni Giudetti and Baha Tokshoi, the mastermind of Vakif Bank and Turkey Women, the middle blocker, Olympian, Champions League gold medalist. On the court, they've had years of success, both individually and as a pair. But off the court right now, they're at home and staying safe. So I gave them a call and to see what life is like for one of volleyball's most famous families. Ah, coach, hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, how are you, Dave? Okay. Yeah, really, really well. I'm a little bit bored and I'm looking for some positivity. So I call the most positive man I know. I'm relying on you to cheer me up. <laughs> uh, first things first, uh, it's nighttime there. I think you're like three hours ahead. It's Saturday. What are you doing? Yeah, tonight, tonight, tonight we have a pizza night, basically. Uh -huh. So I'm not a great a great man in the kitchen, let's say, but the only thing I can do is pizza. And so my, my, my daughter and my wife, of course, they love, and me, I love so much. So tonight I did, uh, we had a pizza night, and if I try also new kind of new recipe because I have time, of course, like everybody. So I tried to add some, some, something new in the pizza, and it was not bad, actually. Have you eaten it yet, or can you show me? Yes, yes, we, we ate the most because I, I know the recipe from the same kind, you know, so here oh, it just wow. was left, so half margarita, half with mushroom, here there was one part that we already eat, and we tried to put some truffle on it, but it was okay, I mean, the truffles, they were a little heavy, 
you know, so I, I think that mushroom is better. Truffle is, are not for pizza. But okay, my daughter enjoy and, and my wife as well. So it's and me, of course. Well, amongst all this madness, I'm glad you guys are still managing to eat well, because that's so important. Uh, right, I've been at home in London for about a week now. How long have you guys been at home and how are you finding it? Yeah, it's pretty much the same. We are, this is one week that we, that we passed without training. Till last week we trained and we're supposed to play this week the, the, the Turkish Cup final and the, the playoffs should have been started. But of course, we stopped to play, we stopped to train. And my wife, same, I mean, she's playing Fenerbahce, so the same rule for everybody. So we, we, we are just waiting, waiting and trying to watch, I mean, at least myself, try to watch as less news as I can, because these are just, you know, negativity plus negativity plus negativity. I just try to read the minimum I can to, to stay updated and just, I mean, I, I'm doing my, my, my job that right now is babysitting and dog sitting. So I have these two jobs. Well, how are you managing to stay positive then? Because I've spoken to a few players. The players that I've spoken to are based in Italy. Of course, you're there in Istanbul. And they all just really want to get back out there. They know that we need to stay safe and we need to stay on lockdown. But they're just missing being with their teammates, with their friends and, and performing for the crowd. So how are you keeping yourself positive? And of course, your players as well. It must be tough. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, first of all, I have one life rule that if I cannot solve the problem, I don't want to be worried about the problem. So I wish I can solve the prob this problem, but of course I cannot. So I don't, I cannot be worried for that. So this is the situation. And like, like in a match, you know, you try to, 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 to find the best you can in the situation you are. So if you are in a match and you have three injuries, you don't give up. You just try to, to, to give your best in the situation. Or you are in a match, you are... Under 2-0, 2010, that's something that also happened one time in my life, you, you, you try to, to think positive, you try to win. And maybe like that time, one time can happen also to win from 2-0, under and 2010, under. So same, same here. So what we can do, there is nothing to do. So at least try to, to, to win something from this situation. So there, there are so many things that, that you can win, I believe. You can win time with your dears, that, that, is, that is precious because, you know, can you imagine, maybe... After I can show you, but it's, she's trained because she's in the age, she's too young. She's three years old. Yeah. And also last time I asked her, you know, so what do you prefer? You prefer daddy at home or you prefer daddy in training? And she didn't even think one second, she said daddy in training and daddy at home, <laughs> sorry. Daddy at home and mom at home, you know, so she was really sure about that. So she, she don't like that we go to, when we go training, mm -hmm. a lot of time, me and the mother, we go training together. And so she's enjoying the time with us and also try to find time for myself to read and to update. That's something that I really don't have time to do normally. So, I did yeah. see, though, that you're doing some coaching at home because I watched a video and you're like, Cuscino, Blocco, Cuscino, ah, Blocco. You're following us. I don't know, because actually I am the most unsocial media guy ever. You know, so the, this is the job of my wife and she likes to do and she's good on that. And yeah, I try, I try to, to entertain her because, you know, it will be too easy to open television at, at 10 o'clock, you know, but we don't want to do that. So we try to, to open the television at 7, 7.30 in the night, so just in the dinner time. So, you know, because she don't go to kindergarten and we are here with her. So we have from 8 in the morning till 7 in the night. We have to find something to do with her. And I am honest, every time I try to push her with volleyball, but no chance. She really, 
do everything, everything but volleyball. She's three years of age. There'll be plenty of time to get her into that. Yes, I know, but I, I know so many daughters of other players that are still enjoying, they try, you know, that you yeah. can see they can do something, you know. But she really don't like now. But I mean, I'm not worried at all, so she don't have to become a volleyball player. But I mean, at least we can play together, you know, because she, she asked me to play cricket. Ah, here's a princess. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Where are you? She might not like volleyball, but she's good at hiding. Yes, yes. This is our this is our best game that we are hiding. I catch her hiding and catch her hiding, you know. And so a lot of time I am the prince and she's the princess because in the night we are collecting all the Disney story uh, that we can. I think tonight was the time of the princess with the frog. We watch this. Eh, Alison, you watch the princess and the frog tonight. It was good. What was the name of the princess? Tanya? Or Tiana? Tiana. Ah, Tiana. Ah, okay. And the frog, you don't know. You don't know. Okay, she can join the conversation. Yeah, please. Eh? Ah, prince. Ah, the, 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 what the prince. Okay, so she can watch. Because she has a great quality that she's attached at me <laughs> 24 hours a day. So. If I'm here, she's in the movie and the cartoon is finished, it's possible coming here. Oh, and probably become also my wife in a while. So amazing. you can ask also from, from a player point of view, how we, how we this time? Well, this time, it looks like you're really treating it as a gift, though, because you said before, you're out training, your wife's out training. And even though there's a lot of negativity around this, the opportunity to spend some time at home with the family, you should cherish it, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I, to be like this, I mean, you know, and I'm Italian and, and I and I see what's going on in Italy, and I see how it can be bad, you know, I mean. So at least we are healthy, at least we are, we are good, you know, and so you let, let the, the, the tears to the people that have reason to cry, you know, so okay, staying at home is boring, that's no question, you know, but better to stay at home than to stay in hospital to assist some, 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 some dears or, or for, for yourself, you know. So we have the luck that we don't have to go to hospital. We have the luck that our parents and our dears are fine. So I think we don't have to, to, to be too dramatic, you know. So all the world is this situation. So it's not that, that we are just the only unluck. No, I don't question what I Only, we are not the only unluck. So the world is in situation. We are not so bad because at, at the end we are, we are at home, we can cook, we can go market, we can make a kind of normal life. And so, yes, we don't go home, okay. And we spend more time with this princess that she make me crazy. So now she wants to make this very famous game, you know, that catches the fish. Oh, very good. She's putting the fish in there, you know. Because of course, she don't, she don't, she has to play continuously. But it's really challenging, you know, it's really fun to, to find something to go. Today well, I tried this block and, and pillow, block and pillow because she, we bought some 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 yoga stuff because I start to do yoga and okay. not not in the Corona time. I start to yoga this this year because my hip is terrible, so I don't want to be like many my colleague, Lang Pirali, Lang Ping, Karch Kirali, Lorenzo Bernardi. So many of them have hip operation, so I want to wait as much as I can, and so because of that, I try to make some stretching, some yoga, something. The age catches up with us all. Um, well, 2020, even though we're only in, what, March? Sorry, just leave you do some dadding there. Uh, yes, 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 I, I, I take off. 
the music. Uh, there's right. so much, like so much has happened already. I mean, the last time you and I spoke, it seems like an eternity now, you just won the European qualifiers in Appledorn. Everything was happy. We were looking forward to Tokyo. But let's go back to the Netherlands. What an achievement that was. That was an incredible few days for you and your team. It, it was incredible. I, I totally, I totally, I mean, you, you can see from my celebration after the match, you know, because it was, well, it was crazy, you know. The week was crazy, but what, what I liked the most from this experience, can you listen to me good? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you, yeah. Ah, okay. Uh, the, what I liked the most from this experience was the journey with the team, you know. So how, how we were good to, to, to manage all situations together, you know, because really we, we were together, you know, we were really, we, we never been as much together at that time. So we started bad and we suffered and we, we came out from incredible match against Poland and we went to sleep at two o'clock in the night and the next day we have to wake up at, at 7.30 to go training, you know, but nobody complained, everybody was so focused, so motivated. And, and, and we did it, you know, we did it really like a team and, and you, you know, Turkish team, I mean, we don't have a Boscovic, we don't have a Negonu, you know, we don't have a Ju thing, you know, it's, it's, it's a team that, that play really like a team because if you don't play all together, we, we cannot do it. And the bench player have a great role as well. So I like this team so much because really we can put a, a big effort on, on a team play. That, that is the most, that, that's why we love volleyball, basically. What amazes me as well is how much those achievements mean to everyone, to you, to the players, to the supporters who travelled, like the flags and the shirts are amazing. But then you go online and you see people celebrating on Twitter and Instagram, all the people who've watched on television, okay. like it means so much. Yeah, that does, I mean, I have to congratulate my federation because they did a great job to bring so many people there. But, but really, I believe there are Turkish, you can find a everywhere, you know, if you go to Germany, there are plenty of Turkey, you go, I do not, I do not England, United Kingdom, but probably there as well. Yeah. And really passionate people, you know, so in Turkey, when you go in the street and you meet somebody, before they ask you, how are you? They tell you Fenerbahce or Galatasaray? You know, that's the first <laughs> question. The most important thing, which club you are for? They really, they are born with this in their blood, you know, mm -hmm. they are really fans, you know, and so... And it's amazing because when they, they cheer for you, they can give you a lot, you know. Yeah. And, and in Apedo, we play at home. So I believe that, that if the final would have been uh, Turkey-Holland, would have been really amazing yes, because yeah. it would have been, you know, small Turkish fans in, in an in Holland gym. would have been 50-50. But of course, against Germany, it was like 90-10, you know. So already the fans gave us a big, big uh, impulse, big, big push. And it was, was great to play for them. And really, you're right. Before and after, the you know you go in the street in Istanbul that is not a small city. You know we are talking about the 20 million people, and change really. I can really see the change the way people people watch me. You know people, everybody recognize me, everybody congratulate me. And I'm running in the street and the people wave me, bravo or jump because the jump it means means in Turkey coach teacher something like that. Bravo jump, bravo jump every time. So. It really changed a lot, this Olympic qualification. Uh, okay. quite right, you know, too. It was like, we are talking about, you are right, you know, three years ago, but it was just a couple months, and now 
we cannot play these Olympics. Oh, know, time crazy. flies and it's crazy. But I spoke to Britt Herbots the other day and I'd love to speak to you about this And because she talked about how important it was for her to get out of Belgium and go and play in France and then go and play in Italy. Do you think it's important for players and coaches to sort of spread their wings and go somewhere new and, and not just from a volleyball perspective, but from a life perspective, just go and experience different cultures, different countries? Under, under 10%, a thousand percent, you know I mean? I think I became, if I became a decent coach, it's because I, I, I had the, the courage to go out from Italy very young. When I was 27 years old, I was, I was working in America. And then I made an experience in Bulgaria. And then I coached eight years in Germany. Mm -hmm. And then I came in, in Turkey. And then I had experience of two years in Holland. And then again, Turkey national team. So, you know, give you so much. First of all, you grow like a person. You know, you grow like a man. You grow, you grow like a human being. Because you have to adapt yourself, you know. And you cannot go everywhere and say, I am the boss and, and we do like me. I mean, this is not my style. So I, I am the one that, that I say, okay, this is my way, but teach me also a lot because I want to learn from you. So, and if you are able to learn from, from every country where you are, where you can go, this is really a gift from the life, you know, that, that, that I have because what I learned in America, what I learned in Bulgaria, what I learned in Germany, what I learned in Turkey, what I learned in, in Holland, you know, they're so different, but at the end, you know, so so unique, you know, and, and at the end also, you know, when we talk about high level sport, also very similar, but it give a lot. And that's why I push all my assistant to do that. I push all my player, the young player to do that. And because it's the best way to grow, you know, so you have to go out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I can see when, when this player, you know, when, when I see a player that have a tough, you know, life when she was a young player, Normally, she's a tough player also in the court. You know, when I see a player that have always very easy life, and then, yeah. you know, sometimes you find also great players like this, you know, but the most are, are, are the ones that learn how to suffer, you know. And so, this is, this is why sometimes you, you can see the difference in the court also, you know, and there are many, many examples. I mean, also, Turkey have, have great example of this player. I mean, I, if I think about... My wife, she, she went out, I mean, she can tell the story better than me, but she went out from, from her city when she was 16 years old. Wow. You know, wow. She had to move, she had to come to Istanbul, just hoping to become a volleyball player. So in that moment, she was 16, 17, so or she succeed like a volleyball player or her life and the family, you know, they just made a gr huge mistake, you know, so just she, she, she suffered this experience. And many of them, you know. The generation of Bahar, you know, Bahar like Goz, like Nas, this, this player that they made the London Olympic. Yeah. Most of this generation, they have really a pretty tough way to become to become high-level player. Actually, she just came. She just came. So maybe she can tell you. Uh -huh. Oh, the whole family. What a treat. <laughs> <laughs> we are all here. I think she wants to eat something. Yeah. Oh, right. In which case, if she wants to eat something, I won't keep you for much longer. This is our, our, the, the, the last part of the family that is waiting to go out. You see, oh. she's pulling me to go out. I, I cut the tomato for Alison, so Bar oh. can talk with you. Yeah, cool. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Baha, here you come. So sorry. No, don't apologize. Firstly, great jumper. Um, how are you? How are you getting on? This is all a little bit crazy, isn't it? But lovely to spend some time at home with the family, right? I mean, basically, yes. I, <laughs> I miss to be at home. 
basically the after pregnancy I'm just fully working and also in summer I'm playing the beach volley uh, with my friends and we are trying to make some local tournaments but still I'm working so this time I'm staying at home and basically I missed it but um, all our life as a sport people we are used to have control of our life in our hands so right now something came in and nobody can control it and basically i have no idea what will happen tomorrow and and this is really disturbing actually okay it's not it's not easy to handle because for a sport person to not have the control in your hands it's kind of heavy so in one part of me it's feeling this heavy but one part of me it's enjoying to be at home to be with my daughter to be to be with my husband all the time because basically our schedule is all <laughs> full and in a different way full so sometimes in one week we are seeing each other just for two days we were seeing each other just for two days because of the away games or tournaments or matches and training so right now we are fully together till now it was fine but <laughs> i don't know i cannot say what will happen for after so are you you talk about like in a being control oh no she's upset go go be mum go be so you talk about being an athlete and always wanting to be in control of your life is there anything you do in day to day now to try and help you have some control actually i'm when I wake up, the first thing I do is basically planning my day. Like okay. I have a training, normal schedule day. So I'm trying to plan what I'm going to do that day and which training I'm going to do that day because I'm practicing yoga right now by myself. And there is a program from our uh, athletic trainer. So which one I'm going to do or which kind of training I'm going to do or is it? Uh, there is a whole job to do because there's a million jobs to do at home. So I'm trying to do this schedule for myself. I mean, I'm not writing down, but at least I'm thinking about it. And it keeps me more safe and more calm, let's say. Speaking of training, I did see that there was a great game of Koshino Obloko in your apartment today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, Joan is missing to give a training to the players, so <laughs> <laughs> he cannot do this on me, so our daughter is his victim, basically. If you're practicing yoga right now, I am terrible, right? So I'm going to try and touch my toe. Oh, how can you see this? This is me attempting to touch my toe. Ah, oh, you can't see. But I'm like this far away. How can I get better at it? I've just... <laughs> Right. Basically, all yoga trainers, do you know what they say? It's all about breathing and right. all about practicing. That's okay. all they say. Because I'm, a, I'm doing sport almost 20 years. Wow. And trust me, uh, I'm also not that much flexible. <laughs> I don't believe that for one second but Giovanni was saying before that that you pretty much left home at 16 to be a volleyball player I mean what a journey that's been you've achieved so much like what would you have done if it wouldn't if it hadn't have been for volleyball I bet you can't even think about that oh actually it's 
pretty tough question for me because basically since I know myself, I'm playing volleyball. Mm-hmm. And because I actually I started late. I started like 12 years old, oh, not okay. like eight and some like uh, some other players. But uh, still, I was always a tall person in my mm-hmm. school, like taller than all the boys, girls, even the higher class. So bigger ages, I was always the taller one. And but I was talented to the sport. So when I they, when they chose me to the volleyball team, I was like, yay! Finally, I'm tall, but I'm also using this height for something. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then uh, because I was in love with volleyball all the time, it just grows and grows and grows. But uh, if I think that there was no volleyball for me, um, the my dream when I was a child was being a vet for the animal. Oh wow! I'm Amazing. in love with any kind, any kind, everything, every animals I'm in love. I don't separate none of them. So perhaps I would do something with animals if I'm not including in sport. Hence the reason you've got that beautiful dog. What's he called? Chucky. Chucky. <laughs> uh, right, quick question. I saw a photo earlier and can you tell me, did, did you or Giovanni choose that jacket? <laughs> He chose by himself. Did he? <laughs> Before the wedding, he saw my wedding dress, but I didn't see. His no way! <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so it was a surprise for me. <laughs> Those Italians love their fashion, right? Actually, he bought this jacket from, let me think, I think from Germany, okay. because he was coaching in Germany in that time. Right. And he just went in one shop and he said, in two months, I'm gonna marry. So, do you have any dress for me, jacket for me? And then he used his jacket. Amazing. My jacket was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I, 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 mate, I think it's fantastic. I think it's, uh, I think it's a great jacket. Uh, while, while you're here, I had, um, I had a video that I wanted to show you, Giovanni, because I wanted to know. Uh, well, pretty much your, your memories at the time. So we talked about your we talked about your achievements and particularly how long you've been with your club team. But um, what are your memories of this? Oh, it's a big memory, I believe. Wow! Ah, wow! This was the first Champions League. Yes, it's amazing, oh. and it was really unexpected and favorite you know and was 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 magic you know because i remember even how it born this team you know because in that in this in this time you know there is bar you see on the left near glinka yeah. you know, in this time i remember that summer uh, my manager called me and i said giovanni i know you have big offer from another club big club if you want go go because we don't have a big budget and I just said, okay, but can you guarantee me a decent team? I don't want a team amazing, but decent team. I mean, just to compete. He said, okay, maybe we can make a decent team. I said, okay, I mean, I, I failed, you know, a couple of years ago, you keep me here. So, of course, if you, are, if you don't have a great budget, I don't care. I want to stay here because I, I felt part of the family already. And this decent team, you know, was able to win Champions League in front of Fenerbahce fans in Istanbul against 
you know, first time, for first time in Turkey that the, the Turkish team win the Champions League was was something big, you know, very big, very big. Because in that time, Fenerbahce was an incredible team, a lot of big names. You know, was Sokolova, was Osmokovic, was Fabiana, and was Hofau, was De Roberto in the bench. I mean, I think they already they have already everything ready, you know, for for, for big celebration. And we played our match, and I don't, I don't even remember how, but we won three two. I remember two A's almost at the end, and, and and so we did pretty well. And that was was amazing because it was the first. Also, was my first important victory. I think before this, I never won a league. Wow. You know, so it was my first big trophy. Okay, we won in Thierry, won top this cup, but I didn't. We didn't even win the the league, but we won the Champions. You know, so it was pretty, pretty great. Incredible. You know, what what does the Champions League mean to, to the pair of you, though, from a playing perspective, from a coaching perspective? I mean, I've been I've been pretty lucky over the last couple of years to visit loads of the clubs and loads of the countries and and to see volleyball. Like I live in London, and volleyball is a small sport here. There's a there's a small group of really passionate players and supporters. But whenever I get the opportunity to go to Europe and to experience it, it makes me feel incredible. I mean, you've both been involved at the top level for so long and seen so many games. But, but what, yeah, what, what does it mean? Does it still feel special to you now from both playing and coaching in it? Uh, actually, the, for after first victory of Champions League, uh, we started to believe that because before that it was like a dream that never comes true but after we achieve it it was like okay we have to do it again because it's so good we want to feel it again because it's so precious so that's why we were basically when you start your season there is many paths in your way like league or champions league or turkish cup then you, if you're creating a team to be champion, you're trying to be champion for every path that you have. So that's why, and when you think about Champions League, basically you are winning the best team of our league uh, and then uh, all other Europe leagues. That means you achieve something really big. That's why it's, I believe it's kind of more special than whatever there is another side. Yeah, I didn't see the, the beginning, but I am agree about the end. So, of course, if you ask to, to, for example, because if you ask to many, most of the president of this big club, they will tell you the most important cup is the club world championship. Because from a sponsoring point of view, you know, from a selling point of view, you are, I mean, you are the best club of the world, you know. But for us, of course, it's an important tournament, but we are talking about a, one week tournament, you know, four or five matches in one week, the club world championship. So, of course, it has a value, but it's not a big value like a tournament like Champions League that starts in October and finish in May, and where there are, of course, all the best teams. Mm -hmm. Because in the club world championship, you know, they're missing many European teams, and then we know that European clubs are the best of the world. So, you know, so there are in this club world championship, only Brazilian team can a little bit compete, and one Chinese, but also. You see, the, the last time they didn't do nothing. So we know that the best club in the world are in Europe. And to win Champions League, you have to be really the best of the best. Because it's not just one match. You have to win several matches. So that's why it means a lot for, for us, for sure. Because it's a really big achievement. 
I really hope we get to complete it this year. Uh, just out of curiosity, seen as your team are the only ones who have qualified to the semi-finals, does that mean if it doesn't if it doesn't finish, your champions? Is that is that how it works? <laughs> yeah, as as and Conigliano, we are co-champion. You know? Yeah, that'll and, do. Another trophy yeah. for the cabinet. Uh, right then, I'm going to leave you guys. What, go I soon. don't know what 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 happened. I just. I just know that now is is you know is crazy you know because it's uh, American player of Fenerbahce left, American player of and and the Swedish player of Vakiband left, American player of Exatibazi left, American player of and some other player of Novara left. Nobody's training, you know. So I will I really wish for the volleyball that we can come back to a normal life and and finish the Champions League because everybody would love to. To, to, to see a normal competition ending, but you see also Russian terminated the league, Poland terminated the league, only Turkey and Italy, we still didn't have somebody to say, okay, the league is finished, but we are not training, you know, they are not training, you know, so difficult to, to think that in one month everything can change so much, but we like to, to, to think positive, so why not, you know, if in, in, in a couple of weeks the life can, be, can come back to normal and player can also fly back, yeah. because this would be a key, you know, because let's say we we, go, we come back to normal, but the two American Fenerbahce, they cannot fly, fly back from America. How Fenerbahce can compete, you know, or how can we compete? You know, of course, you can, you can, you, you can play, but it's not the same thing. So it would be nice to have a fair competition with the player, with all the players that participate in the league from the beginning. Well, I hope the main thing is that everyone gets back and they're safe and they're well and they're healthy and we can all just Hi. I'm so sorry about that. It just cut off. Um, but really, I just wanted to just just say thank you very much to you both for uh, for taking the time to talk to me on your pizza night. How was the pizza, by the way? Was it delicious? Yes. <laughs> I mean, we are improving. The first pizza that we were doing was, don't say to him, but terrible. Nothing, nothing. <laughs> no, she was just saying how wonderful it is to spend so much time with you and how glad she is that she can share this moment with yeah, you and Alison and the dog. <laughs> but I don't believe you would talk about that. <laughs> what happens when you two have to play against each other? Do you, do you smile? Do you fight? How does... <laughs> nice. I mean, we are used to because it's from the time, I mean, when I was coach of Germany. Yeah. And she was player of Turkey, so it, it happened many times. It's always, but of course, from when we are in the same house, it's a little more heavy. <laughs> you know, there is the two, three days before the match that there is not amazing talk, you know, because you cannot say, how are you, how is the team, are you training good? You know, so you cannot make this kind of question and she cannot make it the same question. And so, just it's weird, you know, so we prefer not to do, but I mean, we are professional. Um. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're lucky you get to do it at the very top level and long may it continue. Uh, right, let's have a quick game. Uh, so quick fire questions. Do you rather a 3-0 win or a 3-2 win? <laughs> it depends. Okay, let's say 3-2 win I always like. Okay. What about yeah. you, Baha? Tie break is more, always more fun. <laughs> I can't believe you just haven't got right three zero. Let's go. Okay, Turkish food or Italian food? Have you ever been? Okay, I I never been to London, so I mean I know London, <laughs> but I know better New York to talk about international well known city and count. Week. 
count how many Italian restaurants are and how many Turkish restaurants are. So I think there is no competition. Oh, okay, fair enough. When you come to London, I'll take you to my favorite Turkish. How does that sound? Yeah, <laughs> for sure there is, but count how many Turkish and how many Italians. <laughs> That's a good answer. Okay, do you rather serve or receive? I normally choose serve. A lot of coaches, we, we always we always fight about that, but maybe she has a different opinion. As a middle blocker, receive. Okay, what is your least favorite team to play against or coach against? League. Least favorite. Which team do you not like to play against? Ah, because they're good. Well, up to you. Maybe they're good, maybe you just don't like them. <laughs> yeah, okay, I think that in the last years I didn't like to play against Conegliano. <laughs> Actually, not Conegliano. I mean, I, 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 I make it different. In the last year, I didn't like to play against Egonu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter where she is. I didn't like to play against her. <laughs> Up to you. No, to me, I, I think about general. But when I think about also national team times, uh, it was always tough to play against like Asian teams because mm. they're playing so quick. Yeah. So as a middle blocker, it was always tough to play against them. So yes, you never know where they, the ball goes. <laughs> uh, here's a question I like to ask middle blockers. Who's the most difficult setter to read? Oh, I mean, there are a couple. My own, you know, which is really right now uh, you never know what she will do because she's showing something else and she's doing totally something else so <laughs> i think maya is really best one right now about it okay a couple more quick fire questions then cucino or blocco <laughs> <laughs> she has to learn all doesn't matter what i do she has to learn all cucino cucino <laughs> cucina is to eat cucino is a pillow Ah, okay, okay. Well, that's I've just learnt my first two words in Italian, so yeah, great keys all right. They're not very important, actually. You know. Okay, um, Olympics or World Championships? Olympics. Olympics for sure. Yeah. It's oh, magical wait. to be there. It's, it was magical. Yeah, she was in your city. Yeah. I was not. Ah, I was not. I've got. Hang on, wait there. Wait one second. So it was my it was my first Olympics. I saw you play, oh. and I've still got it's not got any air in it. But this is the oh. this is the ball from uh, from London 2012. Very nice. Um, guys, thank you so much, and thank you so much for bringing Alison and the dog in. Uh, uh, right, I'm going to go. Enjoy the rest of your night. Uh, ciao. Thank you so much for cheering me up, and we'll speak soon. See you later. Thanks. Ciao. Ciao. Bye. 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 Giovanni and Baja and I actually felt like I was in the pizza night uh, but I've never had an Italian cook me pizza so Giovanni if you're listening when lockdown's over uh, I'd very much like to be invited round um, loads and loads and loads to talk about there podcast tradition key heads or tails oh right um heads heads it is you start oh I, d I don't know I just have I have such a good feeling when I think about Giovanni Guadetti and I've in preparation for this podcast, yes, I did do a little preparation. I did some homework. 
um, I was speaking to some players. Nerd. <laughs> nerd. Nerd alert. I sort of asked around a couple of players that know him, I've played for him or know of him, and the same response I kept getting was, he's such a great coach. He's so He really knows how to get the best out of his players. And we've talked about this in other podcasts, and I truly believe that the sort of worth of a player or a coach, it's not what they have in their trophy bank. It's the impact that they have on the players around them, and his reputation precedes him. Well, he's got both. He's got his trophy bank. Yeah, no, exactly. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. It felt like a night in with the Gadettis, yeah. didn't it? It's like, it's like keeping with the Kardashians, volleyball version. <laughs> <laughs> That's one yeah. way of putting it. Not that I've ever watched that show. I just know what it's about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. No, you really, really pleased. I was um, was amazed though. I mean, the two things that really stuck out, and, and you'll have to see the video to to get these. One, Baha's jumper was incredible. I mean, you referenced it. Oh, the two best dressed people in unscripted history are Baha Tokshoi and Pare Gonu. Both wore spectacular jumpers. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, what about Giovanni's jacket though? Oh my god, Giovanni's jacket! Dave sent me that photo before the recording started and he said, I may ask about this, I'm just not sure how to bring it up. <laughs> oh my god. And then I, I was watching it back and as soon as Baja came and then Giovanni left, I was like, I was watching it and thinking, Dave, now's the time, now's the time, ask the question. And he did, he did, he asked it and it was Giovanni's choice. I'm so glad you did. I, I don't know if I would have had the guts to do it, Dave. <laughs> well... Interestingly, if you look at their wedding pictures, Baha's got Converse on with her wedding dress as well. Oh, that's cool. Super cool. They're a cool couple. Yeah, yeah, really cool. With regards to Giovanni then, with women's volleyball looking forward, there are a couple of things that I really hope. And one of those hopes is that we have more top level women's coaches managing in the top divisions in Champions Mm. League and in international teams. But I hope there is always space for people like Giovanni because not only his knowledge, but his love for the sport is unquestionable. He is one of the very few international coaches who on, on the odd occasion that I've done international matches January Appleton Olympic qualifiers being one of them whenever he is anywhere there is just this aura of positivity around him and he always seems to make an effort to to talk to people even if it's just something like he'll he came up to me and said oh it's nice to to see your face because I've heard your voice before or I've seen Matt he always makes a point to come in over to shake your hand uh, he mm. actually said he loved he loved your commentary Dave you're, you're underselling yourself there I was there at that moment he said it's nice to finally meet you I, I love your commentary don't I'll cringe <laughs> myself to death but thank you Giovanni I do yeah I don't take the compliments particularly well but if you're happy I'm happy in a sport like volleyball in any sport in any environment people who so obviously love something and dedicate themselves to it it's so important to have people like that isn't it Keith yeah it makes all the difference it makes all the difference because I mean at the end of the day it's your job but it's if you're there day in and day out you want to be with people that are passionate sorry to overuse that word but people that really have a spirit for the game that aren't just showing up like mm-hmm. it's a nine to five to pay the bills that are genuinely interested in making a family and that that's what I hear all the time the Vakif Bank family is that girls that go to play there they say you know you come there as a player and you leave as a family member and you stay because of that family feeling Mm. and that starts from the coach it sort of trickles down it becomes a culture and yeah he's obviously tapped into that 
he's someone who actually I, I worked with in my previous job at CB. So I was on the competition side and he was on the, the coaching commission then. And he was always willing to answer questions, be like a sounding board for ideas. He gave feedback sometimes even when you didn't ask for it, but it's always useful, always useful. <laughs> and I think now he's just got this kind of status within the coaching community as being that kind of achiever, which is probably the most important thing for any coach. But then also a bit like we had with Clemens, he's also got that kind of like father figure. Mm. Like a statesman. Yes, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. And, and from a media point of view now, where obviously I'm, I'm working now, he's great because he understands that part of the job. He understands he has to speak, sometimes even when he doesn't want to. I can remember after they qualified for Tokyo. Did you know what he did? He obviously dived on the floor, celebrated with the team. Does anyone know what he did next? I was going to mention that reaction, actually. It is so good. Where he dives on the floor and then runs into the group. Yeah. I don't know why he dived yeah. on the floor, though. Do you think he thought that they were going to pile on top of him? Do you think he just sort of duck and, ducked and rolled just in, in anticipation of there being a pylon? I don't think he knew what he was doing. I don't think any of them did. I think that <laughs> is one of those all-consuming moments mm. where they all just, their, their bodies were in control. Their minds were all over the place. Just lose the power of the legs and just fall to the ground. What did he do next, Matt? So obviously after matches like that, any match, but big matches, we've got to get the reaction. So we have the camera set up for the TV. We're liaising with Dave, who was on commentary at the time and we had a player we had Naz in and that was when um, obviously her uh, her son tried to steal the microphone if <laughs> you remember that and we were looking for Giovanni and I told him I said you know okay if you win straight afterwards we're going to need to get a short statement from you and we lost him we completely lost him couldn't find him so Naz finished her interview and this is for the world feed and we're looking around and then I find him he's over there leaning on a board on the phone to Baja yeah. and, and it's totally understandable and as soon as he saw me it caught my eye and then finished up his conversation and then came over and, and did the interview so yeah, he's a media dream in terms of he's always willing to do what he needs to do, even when he doesn't want to. He always speaks openly. He never gives a short answer. That's also a dream for media. Oh, and that's so <laughs> sweet that the first person he wanted to call was his wife. I'm a hopeless romantic yeah. for those kind of things. I think that's so sweet. <laughs> I knew this was going to take time. We've got so much to talk about. But, but one thing, and this is something we've spoken about before, Key, he's packed a suitcase and moved all around the place to live his dream to become a better coach and to follow that pathway that's so important in volleyball it's something that you've done as well where do you even call home these days <laughs> i'm a citizen of the world dave <laughs> <laughs> why can't anywhere be your home why can't your home just be wherever you are in that moment my home's right here right at this microphone on this zoom chat with you guys <laughs> That's the answer I was expecting. <laughs> but for somebody like him who has this iconic status now, I mean, we've kind of built him up, really. We've used a lot of superlatives. <laughs> but the fact that he has had to pay his dues to do that says a lot about it and really does show what it takes and what you need to do to get to that level. He, he says specifically that if you want to be the best version of yourself as a coach or as a player, you have to get out of your comfort zone. You have to learn to suffer and players that have suffered are going to be great. I don't know what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you have to suffer to be great or to be great, you have to have suffered. But for him leaving his country and making sacrifices and making himself a home in Istanbul, he's done that. Mm. And, and it seems from what he said that the Vakov Bank story may not have rolled out this way because there was a time right back before they won the Champions League where he was talking to the club and basically saying, Look, I just want a decent budget. I don't need a massive budget. I just want like a normal budget. And somehow, obviously, they pulled it together. He stayed with the team. They won the Champions League. And now look, and that was 2011. Yeah, that says a lot about him. Because that was the year they won the Champions League, wasn't it? The year that he nearly didn't stay. Sliding doors, butterfly effect. 
other f- films that I haven't seen, but I think I understand the premise of. <laughs> so Baha then, uh, I wasn't expecting to speak to her because I thought she'd have probably been looking after the little one while I spoke to Giovanni. But obviously when she crashed the party and started playing her fishing game, I thought, oh, I wonder if we're <laughs> going to get to chat to, to Baha here. And then she came along and she was just absolutely lovely you can just tell they've got a really happy home can't you yeah yeah no you really can so i always wonder when we do these doubles basically whether the partner feels like they need to be involved or they want to be involved because i just said to giovanni you know any time that works for you uh, you know i said if, if the family are around it's not a problem they can join the, you know if they want to and he was like yeah no problem we'll do it at, i think it was quite late wasn't it dave in the end so i kind of hoped that baja would get involved and then giovanni went off to cut a tomato and baja stayed so he had some quality time with her as well yeah first thing though talking about giovanni's wedding fashion goodness gracious me <laughs> <laughs> if you've not seen the uh, the original unscripted if this is the first time you're tuning in then you can head over to cev's instagram tv and youtube channel and you can see the outfit that Giovanni Guidetti got married in, or just just head over to, to that thing called Google. It is astonishing. What did you think of it, Key, as our um, podcast fashionista? <laughs> oh, I, I don't want to misstep because we've said so many lovely things <laughs> about Giovanni so far. And I know he is a very, he has a lot of things going for him and he's Italian and I would expect that fashion would be one of them. That's all I'm going to say. That I'm going to stop it right there. <laughs> Nothing more to say. You've got to remember, Dave, that Key is considering another contest. I know, I know. I'm going to be blacklisted from, <laughs> from playing volleyball because of saying yeah. the wrong thing. Hang on, Matt. You got married. Was an outfit like that ever in your consideration? No. No, it wasn't. <laughs> um, I'm not sure it would have gone down well, to be honest. I'd more likely to get married in flip-flops, to be honest. That, that's the way I would have gone with fashion for my wedding day if it was my choice, but um, it wasn't to be. It was so hot at your wedding as well. So hot. I was in shorts by, I think, three o'clock. What I found fascinating about that, though, is the fact that before the wedding, Giovanni had seen Baja's dress, but she hadn't seen his <laughs> suit. Yeah. I don't know what tradition is in Turkey, but yeah, that did sound strange to me as well. Very good. Anyway, we can move on from the fashion now, Matt. Key. So Baja said, being tall, she had to use her height for something. Is that what happened to you? Oh, that's exactly what happened to me. I love that you point that out because that's exactly the feeling I had growing up. People look at you differently when you're tall. It's almost like you're expected to be an athlete. And fair enough, at some point you are an athlete. You make yourself an athlete, even if you're completely uncoordinated, which I'm not saying Baja was. You didn't fancy being like a light fitter? That would have been a great career. <laughs> I don't know. what. I don't even know what a light fitter <laughs> What, but do you just put lights, just twist them in? No, just in the ceiling. Surely you know, I'm just... good for something more than just that. <laughs> well, Baha wanted to be a vet. That was her mm-hmm. plan B. But she's pretty much turned plan A into a success, hasn't she? So Olympic Games, multiple years at a variety of top clubs. And you know what? Actually, as you say that, I also wanted to be a vet. <laughs> did you? But I don't know did if you? she learned the same way that I did. I learned the hard way that being a vet means you'd have to study chemistry and physics and calculus and those were just not for me. I've mentioned it many times. Stats are not my best friend. But I wonder if she learned the same thing. I thought you were going to say the reason I <laughs> didn't want to become a vet in the end was because of all the dead animals. <laughs> Is that the first thing you thought about for a vet? That's the other thing. When you're younger, you think you want to be a vet because you want to hang out with animals and you love animals. But then you realize yeah. most of the time you are interacting with animals is when people bring them to you either sick or dying and you have to kill them. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, I think we've, we both dodged a bullet on that one, Baja. <laughs> anyway, Baja Talkshow, as you were saying, Matt, two-time Champions League winner, world club champion, a whole host of medals with, uh, with the national team as well. Quite remarkable career, really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and and a lovely, a lovely lady to go with it. And mm. I'm sure when they first got together, things were hard, times were tough, probably because you know they weren't always on the same side. And, and you ask them about what happens when they play against each other today. And me and my wife have played with and against each other in, in sport, and, and that was nowhere near the top level, and that was hard enough. So I can't imagine it when it's a Champions League game or a Turkish League game. It's got to be interesting because they have to respect each other's careers, and at the same time they've got to respect the fact they're husband and wife. And I think that they probably take the best approach and just ignore it and, and don't talk about it. Yeah, as most husbands and wives do when there comes a problem. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Just ignore it. Pretend it doesn't exist. Yeah, just bury it. Um, it doesn't doesn't look like they've got a young volleyballer though, from what they were saying. Doesn't look like they've got another Gudetti Tokshoi. No. On Baha's Instagram that day, Giovanni had made an obstacle course in the living room and he was desperately trying to get their daughter to sort of go from the cushion to the block, from the cushion to the block, and then pass a volleyball. And she was having none of it. <laughs> Absolutely none of it. And he's like, Cucino, blocco, Cucino, blocco. Like, no, 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 Dad, just pizza, please. <laughs> Coaches have to coach, don't they? Yeah. Even in lockdown. <laughs> yeah. I saw another great video on one of their channels where they were doing a, a workout together. And the setup was, if you can imagine this, two like gym mats rolled out. Camera was at the end with, on a time-lapse function. Mm -hmm. And then there was Baja and Giovanni doing the same workout side by side. But in the middle was a massive wooden play area. And they were there doing it. And it was, it was obviously time-lapse, so fast forward. And it was all serious. Then all of a sudden... In walked their daughter and just started playing beautifully on the on the playground in between them. It's it's lovely. You've got to you've got to find it. Oh, so, sweet. But yeah, I I I would put money on that she does end up a volleyballer. Personally, I I think it's inevitable. Yeah. How far she wants to go, how good she is, that we don't know. But I believe she will play. Yeah, it's kind of like Andre Agassi and Steffi Graf's offspring. They're going to end up playing tennis in some capacity, aren't they? Yeah. It's practically unavoidable uh, before we move on from Baha's career though we've spoken about about Alison their daughter it always astonishes me when it happens in elite sport but to become a mother and then going back to playing in the Turkish league in the Champions League that's remarkable yes your wife Sona would have something to say on it Matt because you know she's a Paralympic medalist and you've had three children now and I'm not sure what her attitude is with regards to playing ever again obviously you've got the the physical side of things and getting your body back into shape but also the the mental psychological side of things so many barriers to overcome but she's managed to do it and she's still playing fantastic elite sport that's the bit that gets me is it's getting back to the top and and the speed that some some women do it is is even more remarkable mm. like how quickly Naz was back playing quite amazing to me i mean i've seen the consequences of going through that and there's a load of logistical things sure yeah you've got to feed the baby baby's got to sleep you're going to get less sleep etc etc but then there's the emotional mm. side and, and that's the bit you know it, it throws everything so to be able to to switch back into career mode you know playing mode competitive mode and then you've got the physical bit as well yeah it, 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 it amazes me it really does what we've got here is two men talking about women getting back into sport after pregnancy but you know say la vie um key what's the what's the general reaction sort of throughout your career when a teammate has announced that they're pregnant 
I mean, it's always positive. I would say it's always a positive thing when someone says they're pregnant. I am impressed. I'm amazed at people that can do it because, as you say, it takes the physical strength, it takes the mental side, and I think just your priorities change when you become a mother. And I think it's a, it's much different going back to a normal job than it would be going back to being an athlete because there's so much travel that goes on. There's so many strange hours. You know, you're not really living a normal life where the baby can be sort of the priority and be in a home where you've built it to be baby-proofed or something, you know what I mean? I feel a bit like a tourist on every new team that I go to. You make it your home, but at the same time, it's not your nest, it's not your place. And so, yeah, I can imagine that there's a lot of things that you have to think about more than just physical and mental when, it, when, when you want to have a baby and come back to high-level sport. And that's from a citizen of the world. <laughs> Was there anything that either of them said uh, that maybe surprised you yes go on then matt about agonu surprised me okay not that agonu was the answer more the fact that he was happy saying it because that is a huge compliment to a member of an opposition team and they're both italians obviously at the end of the day and i'm sure they know each other and, and they will probably work together at some point yeah. they're the two stars of the game that are bound to be aligned at some point that's my prediction i don't know nothing there's no background to that i just believe it will happen you're on the inside so if you have some knowledge you want to share with us yeah <laughs> <laughs> no so yeah, it was a huge statement for me for him to say that rather than pick a team, pick a player. And I think that's, that says a lot about Gonu's impact on games when she plays at her peak. Mm. Um, because we haven't seen it yet. That's the thing I have to keep reminding myself. She is still young. She will get better. What, what about you, Key? What surprised you? I don't know that there was anything surprising about the interview. I liked having a little look into their family dynamic and hearing Gwedeji sort of firsthand talking about volleyball and talking about his his strategy and his, his sort of culture that he likes to create. Because as he says, especially, you know, the Turkish team, for example, we're playing as a group. There are no stars on this team. And I love that attitude from a coach because I have played for some coaches who they have stars, they have favorites. And that's, they, you know, they sort of run their whole offense around one player. I just don't think it's a healthy way to run a team. So it was really cool to hear from him yeah. how he, his philosophy. And Lippmann said that that Turkish team was the best team that she played against, didn't she? Yes. Certainly in recent times, she said that was the, the best all-round team and performance that she'd come up against. The whole stars thing, I think that was evident in spades in those qualifiers because you look at the semi-final where they beat Poland and saved all of those, was it five match points they saved? Yeah, five. And it was Boz who just had the most incredible game and, and I think Ada made 10 blocks as well. Fast forward 24 hours, they play in the final. Boz is absolutely exhausted naturally. I'm sure it was 40 points she scored in the in the semi-final, but she's exhausted the following day and you've got two or three other players who just pick up the slack and the scoring. And, you know, there are other teams who've got a, a points machine like that. If they have an off day, then you don't stand a chance in the game. Instead, they beat Germany in the final and they're heading to Tokyo. And you've got Giovanni Gudetti diving on the floor like Jürgen Klinsmann in the 90s. <laughs> Going back to the family thing, Key, and you, you alluded to this before, Vakif Bank is one of those teams where players stay for a long time. And that doesn't mm -hmm. really happen in volleyball, as, as we've spoken about 
times before, players staying for one season, two seasons. You look at Vakifak's rosters over the years, then we've got players staying for three, four, five, sometimes even longer than that. And I think maybe that's one of his magic bullets. That he creates a family, that he makes you feel yes. like you belong there and you don't want to be anywhere else. It helps that they have a big budget. It helps that they have a lot of fans. It helps that they have usually a winning record. But aside those three things, it comes down to the culture and how the players feel. And if they make the players feel at home and feel a part of something bigger than themselves, oh, heck yeah, they're going to stay. Okay, I want a one-word answer from the pair of you. Would Vakif Bank have won the 2020 Champions League? Key. Maybe. Oh, That's one word. What? She gave one word. <laughs> I'm fence sitting. Um, what did you say earlier? I'm getting splinters on my bum or something like that. Splinters on your backside, yeah. I- I'm going to say no. No, okay. Why not? Uh, one word, Agonu. Mm. Okay. I think, I mean, she effectively won it for Navarra last year, didn't she? And mm-hmm. Imoko have got such a good team feeling. I think if you add in the Agonu factor, I believe they'd have been too strong. I love Corneliano. And that's for a, another podcast. I'm I'm pretty neutral and obviously I don't support a team and I love the Champions League, but that is that that's a pretty special place. And yeah, perhaps you're right. Maybe the Agonu factor would have been the difference. But had it have happened, that would have been some final. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been. Yeah. I can't wait for the Champions League to start again. <laughs> <laughs> Closing comments then. Key Michael on Giovanni and Baha. It was a great listen. I think you did a great job. Fantastic interview. Oh, God, that's two compliments in this podcast. <laughs> I cringe myself to sleep tonight. Well, no, you've <laughs> got to give credit where credit's due. I think you asked the right questions. You showed him that picture of his wedding suit and you, you know, made him fess up about his thoughts and that not everyone would have had the guts to do that. So I think you made for a good interview and I really enjoyed it. Thank you, Keith. Said through gritted teeth. Matt, closing comments. I've just had a recollection, Dave. Go on. It was the Gadettis when you phoned me in a state of panic. Oh, yeah. Because the Zoom had cut off. Yes. Yeah. He, he, he was just wrapping it up and just kind of closing off the conversation and, and it just cut off. So we then had to get them back and, and I think it then probably carried on a bit longer, didn't it? Longer than you expected. Yeah, it did. In fact, I think it was after it cut off that we got the Agonu confession. Yeah. <laughs> confession. Yeah. Yeah. yeah confession. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem too shy about saying it. It seemed like it was... Right there on the tip of his tongue, ready to be said. That is true. It did make me want pizza watching that. I don't know if that was the same for either of you. Yeah, use the <laughs> hashtag, let volleyball talk. Uh, what pizza's better? Is it Key's Fresh Italian Authentic or is it Matt's Domino's? There's only one winner there. And it is? Well, it's obviously the barbecue base Domino's. <laughs> As many processed meats as you can fit on it. Oh, no. And some barbecue sauce. Meat, pretty much, yeah. My belly's grumbling. I don't know if you heard that. That, That's because we're talking about pizza. Um, Yeah, so it's bacon, meatballs, uh, chicken. Just meat on meat on meat. Barbecue sauce. I love sweet corn on a pizza as well. Add a bit of sweet corn. What do you have on yours, thinking? Just veggies, anything vegetarian. Sounds boring, but delicious. Here's a bombshell to end a podcast on. I don't have onions on anything. (laughs) Why not? Gross. (laughs) Because gross. No, I'm not a fan either. Horrible bits of kit. There's only one thing worse than onion, and that is mushroom. Oh, no, I'm down with mushrooms.
Well, Matt, you've spoken about Giovanni being brilliant from a media perspective. He did a fantastic unscripted, but you've had him involved with something else as well. Yeah, so it's a feature that came out a few weeks ago called The Debate, where effectively we've taken some of the best brains in volleyball. Hang on, were you invited to that, Keith? <laughs> I wasn't invited to this. No, no, me either. So we're not talking about these brains, excluding the brains in the in the room. This okay. recording is a bit like a debate. Sorry, I missed a word. Coaching brains oh, in the sport. Okay, I was going to say best brains would obviously be subjective. <laughs> that can be a topic we discuss. You should make that a segment in the podcast. <laughs> best brains. So yeah, the best coaching brains. And yeah, Giovanni was on the first one. It was the team of the decade, 2010-2019. Effectively, it was him, Kurt van der Broek and Svetlana Illich who then had to come up with the ultimate team from the last decade. And they did. And yeah, they obviously... Not everyone agreed with it, but quite a lot of people could understand their choices. And there's a video de- where they come to that conclusion, and we made a, a load of other content out of it, articles, graphics, videos, etc. So yeah, that's The Debate, hosted by James Fielden. Brilliant. Yeah, James Fielden, uh, those of you who have been following the Champions League for the last few years will certainly have heard James's voice. Very, very good commentator and a very good host of the debate as well. In fact, he'll be joining us on one of these Friday specials to talk about Giovanni and the rest of the team and their debate. Okay, Matt, it has been a pleasure as always. And I know it sounds like I'm just saying that, but it really is uh, one of the highlights of my week and it will be going forward out of quarantine too. Uh, Thank you very much for listening. Hopefully you're enjoying the ACE space as the podcast and as these unscripted special episodes as well. We certainly love talking you through the unscripteds. And if you haven't listened to or watched them all, you've got some catching up to do. So head over to CEV's Instagram and YouTube and uh, get in touch, stay in touch because we love to hear from you but until next time what do we say bye <laughs> you know, Matt, don't wave mate it's a podcast bye everyone bye everyone bye. mondays and fridays mondays and fridays <laughs> great mm-hmm.